Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bevelations. I'm so excited for you to hear this uh, interview I have. Uh, it's definitely the most... <laughs> The most outrageous, and uh, it was a lot of fun to interview uh, the lovely Miss Brittany Lynn, and uh, it's a little bit long, so uh, batten down the hatches, uh, settle in. Uh, we're supposed to be getting snow this week, so hopefully this maybe this might be your blizzard day entertainment. Uh, but so yeah, I'm excited. Um, it's a fun interview. Uh, we're going to play a little drinking game. Every time she says, you know what I mean? Uh, I want you to take a drink. You'll be drunk in about the first 20 minutes. <laughs> and I have some special announcements uh, related to the podcast that I will tell you about at the end. Until then, stay tuned for my interview with Miss Brittany Lynn. Bye. Today we are joined by Miss Brittany Lynn. Brittany Lynn, the Don of the Drag Mafia, has been Philadelphia's leading lady since 1996. A former Miss America, Brittany has broken the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest drag show, containing 82 drag queens on one stage at one time, and has been cited and given her own day, March 15th, by Philadelphia City Council for her work in bringing drag back to the Mummers New Year's Day Parade, and has been named one of the top faces of Philadelphia by Philadelphia Weekly. Brittany works closely with seven of the city's largest charities, organizing citywide events throughout the year. You can find out more about Brittany and her drag mafia. Drag, I always fuck up at some point. Drag mafia at phillydragmafia.com. Woo! Made it through. Thank you, man. Thank you for being a prepared person who actually prepared a bio when I asked. Well, that's Unlike hard. the last two bitches I interviewed who were like, oh no, you just make one up. They don't know how to type or read. So. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So, Tina Harlow, I'm not even sure. Uh, oh. I graduated grade school. <laughs> She's like, I don't know, just make something up. She points to things. She does. So, hi, welcome. Welcome to my home. Thank you. There's a lot of wigs We're here. being watched by wig heads. Oh that's, that's always like how every episode starts. It's like, you have a lot it's, of fucking wigs. very village of the damn. <laughs> it is. Here. It is. None They're of them all... face the bed because I don't want them staring at me at nighttime. <laughs> they all have no souls. <laughs> Satine was uh, like, it looks like the House of Beauty. I'm like, yeah, but a lot more uh, fucking expensive than that shit. And Lady Geisha's not here stealing <laughs> And we're off and we're off and running. So welcome, welcome. Have you had a chance to listen to any of the other episodes? Uh, no. I have not. <laughs> no. So um, so we're here with Brittany Lynn and uh, take us back. So I always like to start, as Julie Andrews would say, at the very beginning, Ooh. a very good place to start. Uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Northeast Philly. It was like Parkwood. Like before it was um, like Franklin Mills. Okay. When it was like woods. <laughs> like seriously, like woods, woods. and stuff. Uh, and then I moved over to the Northeast, um, you know, like uh, in the 80s, which is before any of your listeners were born. <laughs> I was born in 82. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but um, so you have been, when, when did you start doing drag? Uh, I started drag in 96. At uh, 12th Air Command. It was like June of 96. For those who don't know, I treat this like everyone's an idiot. 12th Air <laughs> Command is now eye candy. Eye candy. And uh, so it's, this is my 21st year. <laughs> oh, my God. You're, right? you're able to drink. Your I, dad character is able to drink. <laughs> congratulations. She can gamble. Didn't I think Sandy Beach just posted today that Pokemon is also 21. So congratulations. Oh, cool. You're, Brittany Lynn is as old as Pikachu. <laughs> She's also the last person playing that Pokemon game. <laughs> she She's just wandering around That's the streets of South Philly right now. <laughs> so, um, so okay, so you started at 12th Air Command, and what, what, what was it? 
Uh, so there was my first drag mom was Tinsel Garland, and she used to run the cartwheel in New Hope. Well, not run, but she ran the show, mm-hmm. and um, and she also did Thursday nights Twelfth Era. It was the USO show, and that was like. I mean, it was so crowded there. They would Richard McPeak, the owner, would literally lock the doors at two o'clock so the show could continue. You think some <laughs> of these shows are long? There's like 17 contestants per week, and it was like a. Also, oh, it was a, it was like a pageant, like a competition. Um, every week there was no, there weren't any shows except for Bob and Barbara's. Okay. Everything was a competition. Monday okay. was a competition at um, in the the cartwheel in New Hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesdays, I think, were Key West, uh, which is now Frankie Bradley's. Uh, Wednesdays, you could go to the Galaxy in Jersey, which I'm sure is a 7-Eleven right now. And um, Thursday, it's a Wawa. Was, everything in everything in New Jersey just becomes a Wawa. <laughs> and Friday was or Thursday was 12th Air Command, um, but that was like the show, like to be at. Like and that was hosted by Sandy Beach, uh, Tinsel Garland, oh, which Tinsel was Garland. Sandy sorry, Beach's sorry. best friend, and they had been doing shows in Atlantic City called the Saltwater Tuffies. Um, it was like a 70s, like kind of like a laugh-in thing. It was mm-hmm. all parodies and all this stuff. But um, with, uh, you know, the Atlantic City gang. So Tinsel moved to, I think, Pittsburgh to run her flower shop. And that's when they brought Sandy in. And mm-hmm. Sandy came uh, that summer. We had the Miss Comedian contest. And uh, Tinsel Garland was like, ah, I want you to meet my girlfriend. And she was very, <laughs> like, southern old lady. Okay. Though she, had, she wasn't southern. Right. And um, so I started out there in the weekly competitions. And, uh, and then after, like, the second or third you know, night there, I started making the rounds to all the other places. Oh, wow. And how long have they been doing Bob and Barbara's shows? So I think that started in 93 okay. um, by this girl, Renee Cockatoo and, and Lisa Lisa. And um, I started in 96 because they, like, as the first night I was ever in drag and coming around to the 12th Air Command, um, me and Joey Martini, because Joey used to paint my face because I didn't know how to do makeup, mm-hmm. and he used to paint my face for Rocky Horror and everything, and... Um, we were driving around City Hall, and we looked to the car next to us, and there was these two drag queens in the car. And one was Amanda Love, who was a, like a big pageant girl, and Melanie Banks, who they lived together in the Northeast, and she became the first Miss 12th Air Command. So they're like, roll your window down, because there weren't <laughs> there weren't electric windows back then in, in the horse and carriages. I was going to say, lift, lift the DeLorean uh, wing. And uh, they're like, stop at Bob and Barbara's after – because uh, they were doing Bob and Barbara's. So they came to 12th Air to meet me because even back then I still had the biggest wig. Mm-hmm. So they wanted you know to meet me and all that. Um, as Cinsel Garland would say, there's not a lot of drag queens in this town. Like honestly, I would say 90% of the performers at the time were transsexual. Okay. So there was only a couple drag queens. Like right. there was, you know, Salada T, uh, Ginger Ali, Joey Joseph, who I think was celebrating her 50th year of performing <laughs> that year. Um, but it was a different time. And it was right. like, it was cool to be, you know, 21 <laughs> at that time and mm-hmm. being like a new drag queen and stuff. And they, um, they brought me over to meet Lisa at Bob and Barbara's, you know, so I could figure out where her accent comes from. <laughs> 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 Somebody said Thursday night at Bob Barber's. They pronounced Fancy Sheeper. She was like, "Welcome to the stage, Miss Fancy Dumas." I'm like, no, <laughs> she, she no. gets a half of your name no, right. Not a, so I'm just like, Bev. She, I, Miss, well, that she could get. She's a, if it's like yeah. Crystal Electric, oh yeah, here come a uh, uh, Crystal uh, uh, Electra Vanessa, <laughs> and she'll she'll never get it right where you work. And I can talk about Lisa because we've so been much. friends. I love her so for much. Like She's always been years. very very sweet to me. That's hysterical. <laughs> so um, so then. Did so? How did drag start? Like from uh, I, um, Rocky Horror, or yeah, yeah I, I did Rocky Horror in '91 at the TLA. You know, I was 18. Like it was my first like 
um, paid show. Like there was an ad in the city paper, which back then I only looked at because there wasn't porn yet. On no. There was no internet. So I had to look at the men for men section <laughs> in city paper. Cute. And there was like above, I guess, gay sex was, hey, auditions for Rocky Horror and then gay sex. <laughs> and they said, um, you know, you go to TLA and I auditioned. I got the part of Frankfurter. So nice. after that, a girl that was um, that knew me from that show was casting for the live Brady Bunch show at the comedy room. I was going to ask you about the Brady Bunch <laughs> thing because I remember <laughs> you telling me about that. Right. And I did um, – I played Alice. And, but the last night of the Brady Bunch, we had actually gone to all the – we went to New Hope and we went to um, 12th Air. But I didn't go back for like years after. I just remembered that um, mm-hmm. this is like – I guess 93 or 94 with the Brady Bunch people. And we went over to check out all the drag shows, the closing night of our show, because we got a cease and desist order from Sherwood Schwartz. I was going to say, was it like a fully like staged, like, yeah, it was like a live, um, showing of the Brady Bunch. Okay. And, um, I played Alice, which I thought was funny. And, um, during that time, not to get off track, but uh, Ambie Davis. We got as much time I, as we wanted. <laughs> Ambie Davis was in town doing Funny Girl at the Walnut Street Theater. <laughs> really? So I like okay. um, was all excited. I was waiting tables. The Brady Bunch show paid $15 a show, and we did three shows a week. Oh, wow. So as a poor 18-year-old college student, that $45 was like my life. You right. know, I had like a, a shitty studio apartment at uh, – 12th and Spruce. It was like $400 a month, sixth floor with no stairs. So this wow. money was like important to me. Um, so I waited tables at TGI Fridays on the weekends and did cocktail you know, mm-hmm. service and all this. Right. Um, so it's connected to the Four Seasons there. And um, Ambie Davis sat, came and sat in my station and all the servers like were like, we have a surprise for you in there. So I went over and I'm freaking out. And I was like, hey, this is – I had to carry Polaroids at the time because there's no phone in 93. And so I um, you know, was showing her. I go, this is me as Alice in drag. And do you ever, it's like one of those moments where you can't wait to meet your hero and you're all smiles and turns out to be an asshole. I was going to ask – yeah, fuck, fuck, yeah. fuck, 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 sure. <laughs> she was the worst. She's was like she? a born-again Christian. Oh, no. So she saw it and you could see that – loss of joy in her face <laughs> sink out where she's like she goes i don't understand she's like you play me and drag and i'm like well yes yeah, so it's a theatrical production or it's a spoof right. and she goes does charwood schwartz know about this and i'm like i don't know we got the scripts from from some place like i didn't know right. like you know what i mean and i'm just always right. i just blurt out whatever right so she's um she goes, okay. And I said, will you sign my ticket? <laughs> so you were I, single-handedly responsible for your, your show being shut down was, because you know. Ann B. Davis ruined everything. <laughs> so That's funny. I said, will you sign the ticket to the show because I was all excited, you know. And she said she wouldn't endorse it. So I said, okay. She said, but I'll sign a piece of paper or whatever. I said, fine. So we did the show for two weeks. Um, and then we got a cease and desist letter. We had just been like written in city paper and like right. we had all these successful college shows and all this. And um, – it was the best gig because each episode's like 20 minutes and we did two right. and then everybody walked out mad because the show was like 45 minutes and they paid like $15. So um, we got this big cease and desist, which was kind of cool to see like Sherwood Schwartz, like, you know, from his uh, estate, like right. was like, shut it down. So oh, wow. she was still in town for another two weeks. 
you know, so the next time. So you just went to funny girl and called her a cunt from the balcony. Well, (laughs) she came in every day and she got a glass of Merlot and she got the filet medallions, which was three pieces of shitty steak cut to look like (laughs) filet and a a wine sauce from Fridays. And you got a side of fries because that's how classy Fridays was. Um, So I gathered up the whole staff because I was seriously like torn up about it. And I was like, you know, mad. So little note is like, don't go to TGI Fridays and order soups or the breadsticks because we treat that like garbage there. <laughs> Sorry, Fridays. Um, <laughs> I'm going like, to get a cease and desist letter from TGI <laughs> Fridays for yeah, this exactly. for this very famous podcast that I have. This podcast gets shut down. <laughs> um, well, you know, there's at the end of the night as a server, you know, um, Sometimes, you know, you might not get the freshest ingredients right. when the kitchen gets lazy, but a lot of times our breadsticks would be like on the floor, you know, all that stuff. So Bev keeps taking sips of her wine. <laughs> it's called cocktails and conversations. <laughs> I'm having a cocktail. It's after five. It's fine. <laughs> so I found a breadstick in the corner and then the corner was where like the busboys had swept all the dirt and all this stuff. So I found this breadstick and, you know, all it was like all gay staff. So they're all like, fuck her. You know what I mean? Mm. So, you know, I was a skinny little twink back then. You know, that was probably like 100 pounds less than I am now. And I literally, um, I got the, the hot one. Like I took my pants down and they opened up my cheeks. They shoved the breadstick up my ass. <laughs> right? So <laughs> I swear to God. And allegedly, Andy Davis is a state. So... Uh, then we served it to her because we put it in the microwave. I thought uh, like that, right? The story of turmoil. This should be like a mini series because I have all these stories with celebrities that like I, I love it. Ever. I love but it. But we all watched her eat it, and it was like that moment. <laughs> That's like, like that the movie. <laughs> what was it? That movie waiting where like they put oh, like the pubic yeah. hair on oh, the yeah. steak. Totally oh, accurate. It's such wow. an accurate thing, especially like. At the end of the night, if you order like the broccoli and cheddar soup, which everybody loves, and it's like if you saw us in the back scraping the edges to get just the last little bit because everyone's a lazy high fuck that doesn't want to <laughs> open up a new bag of soup. <laughs> so, broccoli and I mean, but soup. watching her eat that was my moment. And then I started drag. Answer <laughs> <to> your story. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Brittany, it's been fun. I'm just kidding. So now I know the the answers to this question, but um, because you've told me before, but it's a fun story. So where did the name Brittany Lynn come from? Uh, (laughs) Well, that again is my passive aggressiveness, and that's my little sister's name. It's her sister's name. That's funny to me. (laughs) And uh, it was that like you know I I spent eighty thousand dollars on a degree for journalism, PR, and advertising at Temple, Mm -hmm. and when I was uh, ready to graduate. You know, I'm like, there was a photographer, his name's Jeff in the Northeast. I forget his last name, but he used to take- Shout out to Jeff. (laughs) He used to take all the Queen's photos Mm -hmm. and they were black and white, you know? So when I show them people now, they're like, oh, black and white film. I'm like, that's what we did. It wasn't like the (laughs) forties. It was one of those old timey photos from the boardwalk. (laughs) The flash powders. (laughs) We all had guns and fake warrants. Yeah. (laughs) You know, powders burning. (laughs) But they, um- Jeff did like everyone's photos and, and all this stuff. And, um, I had like them done and I kind of looked like exactly how cherry pop lo- looks now. So sad for cherry pop because this is your future. <laughs> this is what you have to look forward to. <laughs> but I, I, I started it. out looking like an 80 year old woman. So I didn't, <laughs> know, didn't have to go anywhere to go. Well, we, uh, I showed my mom, I said, what do you think of her? And my mom's like, Oh, she's really pretty. And I was like, that's me and drag. And it was that, Moment of Tu Wong Fu, where the mom sees Patrick Swayze in the car, and you see her <laughs> and shudders her and goes back inside right. the mansion, and she's like, Ugh. and she's like, you know, one of those mom things of denial, Catholic mom, like, okay, 
All right. You know, put wow. it away. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so um, when I first did the, the competition at 12th Era and Tinsel Garden, I was like, oh, what's your drag name? I said, Ian. <laughs> I like Bob from Bob, you know, Bob Drag Queen. But I was like, Ian, she goes, nah, you had to have it. And back then it was whatever your family's first pet's name and the street. And I was going to be Sheba Otaviano or – it's your mom's maiden name. Sheba Octaviano. Your mom's That's maiden the most name thing. and your family's first pet. And some people do it by the street. Right. But it would have been Sheba Octaviano. You know I mean, which kind of cool now, right. you know. Um, I would have been Percy Bishop. Well, That's not a good thing. Which name. still works. Come on, Percy Bishop. <laughs> Percival. Percy Bishop. But she um, she felt some kind of way. And she she never came to a show until Dragapalooza. Oh wow! You know, even at, like they also. I did this thing with Barbara Streisand in two thousand four, which I'm sure we'll get to. Oh, that's fine. Um, and that's when the whole family saw what I really did. Mm-hmm. You know, the, for a living because like I worked for um, PGN coming out of college, but as a reporter and editor, I think I I got like four hundred bucks a week. You know, and, and um, but drag the first night I came to compete at Twelfth Air, I tied with Alexis Chandler, who was a big Patty Labelle impersonator, and at the end of the night, Tinsel Garland handed me an envelope of fifty dollars. Which back then was a million. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so she's like, oh, you got to keep coming back. We don't have many drag queens. But I saw like this money and it was like supplemental money. Yep. And I was like putting myself through college with this. So yep. I'd explain to my mom like, you know, I did have a minor in acting. <laughs> you right. know, But she'd see me in Rocky Horror. She saw me in The Brady Bunch. I didn't think this was going to be a big thing. But uh, it was at that moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I mean? With yeah. AIDS going around and all, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Oh wow! So, right. um, so then, when did the drag mafia come in? Like, when did you start? Um, that? that was like '97 uh, at Twelfth Air because it was like we all did the same stuff. But after like in '96, I probably did like Bob and Barbara's once or twice, and I had done Twelfth uh, Air like weekly. And I was um, working security at Woody's. So I had like this base of friends from Woody's mm-hmm. that the whole staff would come over. You know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. cheer me on even though they were on the clock. They would all come mm-hmm. and watch my number and cheer, you know, and then they'd all go back. But back then we were very laid back at Woody's. You can just leave your shift and come back at the end of the night for your tips. And, um, you know, so uh, there was one girl, Brenda Lamore, and she was a secretary, drag mafia, slot of tea. Um, she, you know, she was. I need to have her, her on here. She would be a fucking hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta give her her. You know, I love her, her medications. <laughs> but I, have, she, I have plenty of box wine. Never anyone <laughs> but she was Ann Clara because they used to call me Samantha Stevens, and she was Ann Clara. So we all started okay. as like a coven first. Right. But then, um, like Rainy Kane was like director of music. Everyone had a title, mm-hmm. and they're like all the bartenders at Twelfth Era became like bodyguards. So mm-hmm. we were like, oh, we're the mafia. But in reality, it was because a lot of these places, if they were all competitions except for Bob and Barbara's, was the only paid show in town. Right. So unless you were a host, you didn't make any money unless you won. So as he's as like as my popularity blossomed with the moving pictures <laughs> being invented, her kinetoscopes I, took off. <laughs> you put a nickel in and you turn it around and you see me in motion. Each number was fifteen I, seconds because the, <laughs> the wall would come down and then it would go back up. So. It was a flip book. Um, but they like you know nasty. there there was no set of rules or rhyme or reason as to how you would make money. Mm-hmm. So it was the first like drag business here where. You know, at least for my generation, you know, um, where it was like 
you know, we want dressing rooms because it's always a bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And girls will still come in and shit while you're putting your makeup on. You know what I mean? Especially 12 there. Everybody shit there. So, like, <laughs> come for the drinks and shit. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, there was – everyone got a no dressing room. There was uh, some people, they would pay you in drink tickets, which I'm sure hasn't changed much. <laughs> but We'll like, get there. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like everyone got two drink tickets to host an event and all this shit. And I'm like – no. Yeah, I mean, right. so I kind of put together this because we all agreed to set these standards, you know, for pay and all this stuff. And um, I mean, then you did three numbers for 35 bucks at Bob Barber's, but you walked out like 100 tips because right. it was the only free range drag area right. where you could be yourself and like, you know. You weren't worried about competing against somebody else. Right. And right. it became like a brand. And then because of my PR background, I was like, well, now I did the first like drag queen coloring book. Which um, then the New York Queens did it because their promoter, uh, Mark, um, who used to do stuff at Shampoo here, uh, Mark Berkeley. Um, oh, okay. She like she then – I gave her a copy with me and the, the promotions manager, Dan Conorino. He used to do events like Shampoo at Large and I would meet all the big promoters from all the cities. And being there a drag queen, that's how I kind of like got out and about. But um, we did that first drag queen coloring book and had Mad Libs and a drag queen board game and paper dolls and – you know, some people out there still have a copy. And um, Giovanni's Room has, like, probably one covered in oh, dust because really? that was, like, our big seller here. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, the start of, like, a different scene for drag for in terms of promotion because we didn't have social media yet. Right. There wasn't – like, Friendster wasn't even a thing. Right. And, like, we didn't have cell phones. <laughs> We're, like, the pioneers. You know, we, we DJed on cassette tapes. You know, and no, we I love did our her. mixes. And I listened because I started this because I'm obsessed with all these different podcasts. And Coco Peru talked about when she first started, she would take a stencil around New York City, yeah. and it was like, <laughs> like, what about Coco? Or like, yep. who is Coco? And yeah. she would spray paint right. the street <laughs> so people would like, like, well, I don't know, what is right. Coco? What is Coco? And then there would be a flyer like Coco yep. is here, <laughs> and people would be like, oh, okay, great. It was all like so, a brand thing. Yeah, you know what I mean, but it kind of like. You know, it gave us, like, that little push. And, like, we had business cards. And then the internet happened. And I remember, like, none of us even looked at a computer. We all had, like, <laughs> Brooks Brothers typewriters. Um, so everybody started having, like, websites and stuff. And that was, like, how you then you did an AOL web page mm-hmm. for yourself with moving GIFs. You know what I mean? <laughs> of, like, little smiley faces with mm-hmm. arms, which I think Philly Gate Pride still uses. <laughs> Stop it! You said it, not me. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was like a different time. And it was so much fun to be like a part of that group. And it was just like how everybody is now. And it wasn't a clique. It was like a family. Like we all, you know. Watch out for each other. And- watch out. And there wasn't like – there wasn't any fighting because we're all making money now at this point and having fun doing what we do. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like – there wasn't social media. So if you hated somebody, you had to walk up and tell them. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, right. right. So, um, so then give us like – some of the the more like major events that you did once once Drag Mafia started because you talked um, a little bit about the Barbra Streisand thing. We had um, there was a club uh, called Deluxe, which was owned by the brothers that owned Warm Daddies mm-hmm. and all that, and it was like right on um, in between 11th and 12th on Spruce. There used to be a Chinese food place called Walkin' Tofu, and then in the middle of the block um, was this Tapas restaurant when Tapas first became a thing, and everybody mm-hmm. wanted to be Middle Eastern. Right. So um, <laughs> and it was all like tapas and curtains all over the place. So this guy, Nature Boy Bob Danny, was their promoter. And um, he was sleeping with my friend Stephen Andrade that does share. You know, so mm-hmm. Stephen was a waiter there. He didn't even do drag yet. And um, he Stephen had brought him to Bob and Barbers to see me. 
because Stephen used to be, um, besides waiting tables there, he was also at Alexander Inn when it was, we used to call it the Stick It Inn, when it was on (laughs) Walnut Street. Um, And he would work from midnight to 8 a.m. So I'd come to home, uh, you know, from shows, and I lived in your old building on the eighth floor when it was first made. Does so does Sansom at the Sansom place oh my with God. my lesbian wife Danielle? Um, did so, you tell me that when you came over that that one time? I did. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. It's the eighth okay. floor, and it was still being like our floor was finished, like the top floors, but they were still working on the oh, bottom wow. and like and all that. that. Um, and even back then, that was eight hundred dollars a month, so that was like all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, they did a thing called Deluxe a Saucy Wednesdays, and it was like my first show, show show. But Richard at 12th Air had a policy not to work at other bars, but I was like, fuck that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, at this point, Sandy Beach was in town now, took over for Tinsel, and she brought me to Studio 6, which was the best gay resort like of all time like in Atlantic City. 24 mm-hmm. hours, you know, we would do like a 1 a.m. show, a 3 a.m. show, and then Sandy had her tea dance on Sundays you know, at three in the afternoon. Um, so that was like, you know, I exploded after deluxe. Like I became a regular Bob and Barbara's and back then Lisa wouldn't host. Like I had to host for her, me and Brenda. Oh, wow. So she'd go, Oh, you, you take the microphone and you just announce. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, you know, I was working there and deluxe and that. And then Dan Connerino from shampoo found me there and brought me to shampoo, you know, um, Steven Andrade had started doing drag with me at Deluxe there, and he was doing, like, Alanis Morissette and all this stuff, but he really, like, had Cher's face, and my dad's like, you should do Cher as he's smoking pot. So, like, <laughs> Steven started working at Shampoo, and then I got in at Shampoo, and then once Drag Mafia landed in Shampoo... And Shampoo is now... Offices, but it's at 8th Oh, I thought and- it was Foyer. No, that was pure and 2-4. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, um, okay, shampoo okay. was at Eighth and Spring Garden, and then oh, okay. It was like a the it was probably the biggest. Okay. It was like four floors, like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And each floor had a different name and feel. There was like the first floor was the Latin Lounge, and upstairs Rainy was the DJ for the seventies disco room. Then the main floor, then the upstairs bar, the bottom basement, which would open sometimes from four a.m. to noon, was mm-hmm. like called Rinse. So each room had like a different feel. But once you were in Shampoo, if you worked there, that was like the keys to the kingdom because that empire was at the Renegade and Rehoboth, Nation and DC, like all the mega clubs. So if you were there, that was everything. Like, you know what I mean? And um, it was just a a time for drag when it was all house music. But doing like – I was the campy girl among like all the pretty girls like Marissa Devine, Shay Shay Larisse, who's won every title in the world, Mm -hmm. um, Sylvia Del Rio – but they needed a funny host, like mm-hmm. somebody to just sell. Even though right. I was still developing my craft, I could still like, you know, just be you were good on a microphone, on a mic, and just right. you know what I mean. Right. Um, but that's that's when it all was crazy, and everybody makes fun of me with my stories. But I still have like every flyer, poster. Like these clubs have been gone for like years, but it's kind of like a cool thing. I speak with Bob Speaker. Um, Speak at the um, William Way like archives place because I have these flyers that are like <laughs> practically on from papyrus. your scrapbook, right? Right, you know what I mean, which is always good to have because yeah. like you forget certain things. But like that led me to be on like the Real World Philly when Real World Philly was here. They were always at Drag Mafia and they mentioned it through the whole season. And I was on the finale fighting with the one of the guys from the cast and had him thrown out of the club. Um, <laughs> but it led to like a lot of stuff. Like I met every celebrity you can 
well, B list, C list, like from Ian McKellen, Steve Gutenberg. I told him I jerked Steve off. Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> I was like, I jerked off to you and come on, three men and a baby. <laughs> I told uh, I called Ian McKellen, ma'am, and that's like one of the things I still say, ma'am, to everybody. Nice. But he thought that was funny. It was, you know. Um, but after that, like that's when Drag Mafia took off, and Sandy got me into Miss America because she developed and created that show. Mm-hmm. So um, then I got my own show at Atlantic City. Uh, every first Friday, after first Friday is a shampoo. And I started working at 2-4, which then became Pure and is now Voyeur. Okay. And I was there for like probably eight years, studio for 10 and shampoo for 10. But shampoo always had 800 to 1,000 people every weekend, like gay. Like it, it's, I've never seen anything like that. Right. Yeah, we had Chrome on Delaware Avenue on Saturdays, which was run by Shade Productions. And it was like Justin Bruno, Phoenix, this girl, Miss Rose, and myself. And we were the only gays on Delaware Ave. And we worked it with Curfew in New York City, which was the nation's biggest underage party. And they would ship buses of kids down there. And we we're on Delaware Ave being gay. You know, I'm walking around with all these mafia people during shootings and stuff. But it's like, it was a good time right. for drag. And well, we, it was before Grinder and all that other shit. So right? gays, gays yeah. had to go out. If <laughs> they wanted to get laid, they didn't have to <laughs> order in like they do now. But it was yeah. also a time where, like, you, you couldn't download music. Like, Napster had just started. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, whatever it was before Napster. I think there was something else. Um but if, like, all the DJs had what they called their weapons, and it would be, like, you know, Robbie Tronco, who's the godfather of House, and he did Walk For Me, which was the first House track that mm-hmm. was ever famous. And he was our resident there. So if you wanted to hear his weapons, I got the new Whitney Houston cunt, he would say. Everyone was cunt. Even if we went to a <laughs> diner, he would be like, hey, cunt. You know what I mean? Like, a little straight Italian Robbie Tronco. Um but, like, if you wanted to hear the new Whitney or the new Cher or the new Madonna, because they were still pumping this out with track artists like Deborah Cox, um, Kim English and all that, you had to go to the club. Right, you had and to, you yeah. had to take a hit of ecstasy and dance for four days. <laughs> Perfect. And that's why we were thin. Perfect. We're going <laughs> to pause one second so I can get more wine. Be right back. <laughs> and we're back. Yay. I reloaded my um, delicious Franzia crisp white. <laughs> Um, Brittany is not drinking anything. I'm on this cleanse. It's I'm like 99% sure you're probably high right now, Art. I, I can't. I didn't because I'm doing this cleanse. It's 30 oh, days. Oh, she's on a cleanse. It's called the Whole30. And it's like it's all organic food and there's a, a section of <laughs> smoking pot that you can, but it's like it really gets all the junk out of your system, which good luck. Is it like um, cayenne pepper and what is that the, Well, I did that one, the Beyonce cleanse. <laughs> but this one's kind of like, like lemon it's juice all and like – no sugar, caffeine, no grains. It's all like specific cuts of meat. And because I've been vegetarian, I feel like I'm being guilty by eating meat. So it's kind of like a guilty oh, wow. pleasure of like – it's getting me through the diet because I'm making like all these meat things like a pork shoulder. I never cooked pork like ever because oh, that's yeah, like – I, I don't like either. eating pigs but it's fucking good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> but it's like – you know what I mean? And right. I, like my dog's happy because he shouldn't suffer because I don't eat meat but it's just for 30 days and it's kind of like everything's changed like i'm losing like a pound every other day my hair my eyebrows are growing back i mean there's a little touch of mascara on today but it's like you <laughs> well, know one does want a hint of color <laughs> but it's it's great you know it's like a cult and uh like two more weeks ago wow. so i've made it through all these shows in the last two weeks without drinking yeah, and working a taboo without drinking. You know, you know. My mom said to me the last time she was up here, she's like, so when was the last day you didn't have anything to drink? And <laughs> I legitimately could not 
I was like, um, she's like, exactly. <laughs> I you love- have the gene. I was like, I work all the time. It's free drinks, mom. Jesus Christ. I love that her name's Judy because, you know, back in the day, that was that meant you were shady if you said Judy. Oh, so really? it'd always be like, Judy. <laughs> oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Well, that's appropriate because she sits in the front row and just gives me like the... <sighs> that's like color. Look, anytime. Exactly. <laughs> in a meeting. That's why. Oh, they're kindred spirits. Don't worry. So, um, so I'm. You have the dubious distinction of being the first drag queen that I ever saw when I moved to Philadelphia. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> no. Shortly after, um, when when Luke and I moved to Philly, mm-hmm. we went to Tavern on a Sunday night, oh, and that okay, was yeah, when yeah. you and Crystal and show us your sh- tunes. She who shall not be named, Diana uh, Darling. We're uh, out. We can't say her name three times because she'll appear (laughs) we're friends on facebook now are you yes she was at um brenda her sister brenda darling shout out brenda darling (laughs) uh was here for sutton and robbie's show yeah they came over to tavern after and and yeah she who shall not be named came down to visit (laughs) and would not even acknowledge my presence see how people change right (laughs) well before she used to try and bribe everybody with gin Remember, uh, Brigitte, Bev, come, you know, I'll buy you gin. She was one of the first people I ever met, but yeah. No, you were allowed to talk s- to us. I, it was very, it was the first experience of Mean Girls, I think, that I've had. Really? Where someone was like, you can't speak to them. And you were the abused Asian housewife. <laughs> Plus, I didn't have any friends. Yeah, you were the girl I from the grudge. I had just moved here. <laughs> we moved here. And then like a month later, Luke went away for like three months or right. four months to you do a game. Off, right? And I was, I forget what it was. But, but it was like... <laughs> I'm in a brand new city. Uh-huh. I know absolutely no one. Right. And like, oh, someone wants to be my friend. <laughs> oh, but you can't talk to those people. Right. So I was like, but you, I think, did you do dumpster players? No. Didn't I see you bomb Barbara's to do something with, you had the, the original wig I dressed in drag one time, like to do like a funny thing at my company Christmas party and then went to Bob and Barbara's okay, that that's Thursday was. night okay. still in I what never, I had worn to my, my, my company Christmas party. I was there party. with Mrs. P and we were like, there's Beth, but we can't say hi to her. Oh no. <laughs> but um, yeah, you were talking about first gigs and, and making money. I think the first gig I did making actual money it was when was we did that gig no when we did i didn't do show your we did that gig in atlantic city after i had Hobar? yeah oh my god because really? i because oh, that poster you're still the original bet <laughs> well because i think work. i actually physically like met with you and worked with you when i did circus of the stars because i was producing and then you, fighting and, with diana towards you, the end <laughs> you um you offered me that gig and you handed me like i think it was like a hundred dollars yeah and, I was like, and you're like ah I was like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah, I was like, I was like, I was trying, I always like tried for my guests to right. try to like remember the first time I met. And I was like, yeah, it was I think Circus it was. of the Stars. And then we brought you to Tavern for our company party. That's right. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And then we did Show Us Your Tunes. So I gave you a couple hundred dollars that month. You did. You, know? you did. And I, I'm very appreciative of it. And we've gone through our ups and downs, but we, I'm glad we're, we I'm glad we're yeah. on and up. Right? We're, we're, we're going on, away this Saturday. We are. Jeff Sotland. Well, this will so come out excited. probably in like. Three or four weeks. But. Uh, okay, right, right. <laughs> so we went and did a very yeah. successful gig together. It's in Montclair, New Jersey. Yeah. It's going to be two hours <laughs> in the car. Literally an hour gig, if that. You know? I was going to be like an hour? It's 8 to 9.30. And we're literally standing in the front waving at people. <laughs> Perfect. As they walk in. Perfect. I don't right. even have to move. You know? <laughs> I'm going to wear something that's floor length, so I don't even have to wear heels. Perfect. Well, they want crazy co- We had to actually submit photos of costumes. And I'm like and- sending pictures of my Bill Cosby dress. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's crazy. Right. You want crazy. <laughs> so, um, okay. So we, um, 
we talked a little bit about the barber thing, but I, we're, we're to the point now time-wise where we can get to my uh, my 20 questions. Okay. Which Bring is, it on. I should have got high. You should have. There's plenty of Francia in the in – the, I can't I drink. Well, you I know was. Bev's my AA sponsor, apparently. <laughs> so, I, a little won't hurt you. I'll have plenty of edibles when I get home. Perfect. <laughs> um, can you? Can do they make pork edibles? With, uh, they with, do now. Perfect. Oh my god! I'm like putting it in my coffee. It's crazy. <laughs> so, what is your um, favorite drag experience? Um, okay, so and you can give me a couple for like there. for two years when I first started out. Like I didn't. I only emulated people that I knew were um, celebrity impersonators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like uh, I worked for this company called Gay Live, and that was during the sex chat line era before there was internet. Mm-hmm. And I was their PR director for Seven Cities. So mm-hmm. my job was they gave me fourteen thousand dollars per quarter to throw events. So all of the big uh, play, like Mark Berkeley, John Blair. If anybody's old enough to remember John Blair's parties. Um, all the people in each city that were big promoters had to come to me for the money because Gay Live was making millions. So we would throw thousands of dollars at everyone's party, and these people had to come to me for cash. Wow. So, um, you know, I got to meet all the drag queens, but people like Coco Peru, Lady Bunny, um, you know, uh, my sister, like Sherry Vine, like all these girls, like um, they wrote their own parodies and mm-hmm. their, you know, they did all this, which I thought was great. And a lot of them did like impersonations. So, my thing was I loved Sandra Bernhardt and um, I would just like memorize her thing and do it like, you know, the lip sync was like point on. But I knew eventually I'd want to do what she did. But um, she was doing her Philadelphia tour and uh, I got to open up for her at Foyer, which, you know, was supposed to be a fundraiser for Mazzoni. And um, she just finished her first show and I think it snowed that night. It was like a big snowstorm, so she came over and she was like, "Carl Michaels ran HX Philadelphia back then." And um, he's future like, guest Carl Michaels, right? <laughs> and he did. Uh, he's like, "We want you to open for Sandra Bernhardt." He wanted to tell me personally, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Holy shit!" So, uh, you know, I got to open up for her. But the night before, I took two hits of ecstasy and was out till ten a.m. <laughs> Perfect. And I was a wreck. Um, at this time, there was a, my two friends, this guy, Misael and Donella, ran the New York Film School, and they had been shooting me for a documentary that went on for four years of my life. They came mm-hmm. to every show that I had done, and oh, our wow. end result was to have a TV show for drag queen competition, and RuPaul started her show that year, and they shut wow. down my project. So it's been like – they still have all this footage, and it was like the big height of my career where it was like – you know, I was booked every day in different cities and they followed me around and did all this stuff. And then RuPaul happened and they shut down the project. So from day one, Ru. That's crazy. And we even did our, we did a concert together, me and RuPaul over at Chrome. We got her uh, to do, we called it the Shady Fag Picnic because we weren't allowed to have a float in the parade. They gave us a hard time. Shady so, Fag. <laughs> and I, I'll show you the flyer. If you want to put it up. It's called Shady Fag Picnic and I'm in the front like making duck lips like Shady Fag. And, um, RuPaul and I and Ariana and this other girl, Sylvia, we all did a concert together with RuPaul for her Fire album or whatever that, you know, what it was. Oh, yeah, the Looking Good, Feeling Good. Yes. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I got to open for Sandra and I like the videos on YouTube. If you check out Drag Diva Britney Land on YouTube, you can see like my whole channel and all this shit. Plug, plug, um, plug. And I was like, I was so nervous. Plus, I was cracked out of my mind because I'd been up taking XC all night, but I didn't know how to meet who was my idol. Mm-hmm. So like, you know what I mean? Like, um, I, I even told her like later on, I was like, I'm 
fucked up. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I just wanted to meet you. And if you look on my Facebook page, you see a picture and she was like my mom. Like, she's like, baby, it's okay. She's like Stevie Nicks. If she had a veil, she would have taken me mm. in. But it was that moment of like American Horror Story Coven when, you know, no, yeah, 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 when meets she meets Stevie her Nick, idol. Yeah, and like, yeah. I fell to my knees. I was shaking. Like Carl said to me, Sandra's really tired. Um, we're going to put you on now before she gets here. And I was like devastated. And Carl's like one of my best friends. And I'm like, how can you do this to me? She has to see me perform. And if you look at Philly Gate Calendar's video of it, mm -hmm. I'm halfway through the song and you can see my face. Like I'm so upset. And, um, she comes in with her handler in the middle of it and, uh, they pan like in the, on the video to her watching me. And she's like into it. And then she comes out and surprises me on stage. I had no idea she was there. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, and it was like a big moment, you know? That's uh, awesome. That was gay. Yeah, I mean, I, I that was gay. I got to open like I opened for Debbie Gibson. This year was Taylor Dane, like Big Frida. So I get like these cool gigs, and that's the reason why I keep doing it. Right. Yeah, man, because you you never know what's going to pop up. But you never and did know. You, what's you haven't talked happen. about the Barbara thing yet. So um, yeah, that was Valentine's Day of two thousand and four, her last televised concert, mm -hmm. and uh, it was happened. It was like my birthday was coming up, and me and my boyfriend had just broken up, and he was like the first real love of my life. Mm -hmm. um, so like, you know, Fox 29 called and I mean, I was like, it was my first like major breakup. So there's that gay depression where you don't like eat and it was bad. Like I, mm -hmm. I was down 180 pounds and like, right. it was, you know, it was a bad time, but Fox was like, do you do, or, you know, Fox News and PGM were like, do you do Barbara Streisand? And being gay and a homosexual, I lied. And I was like, oh my God, I do her all the time. <laughs> so I, you know. I never really knew any of her music except for like Evergreen. Yeah, or I've never been like, a big yeah. <laughs> So I had to get it together real quick. And, um, you know, and that's on my YouTube channel too. But they did this big thing where um, it was her last televised concert. They were making such a big deal of it. So me and this guy, Stephen Brenberg, who sang Barbara Live and did shows at Walnut Street Theater, um, they showed us, you know, in between her concert, like clips of it. So every person that watched the concert on Fox, like, you know, back then 10 million people was a lot of people because mm -hmm. like cable, you know, was right. different. Right. Um, but that's also how my whole family found out that I did drag because my mom would say I'm an actor. Like my dad knew, right. you know I mean, but it wasn't like a big thing in my family. But everybody seeing um, that night, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because wow. it was all over, you right. know what I mean? So... That was like, you know, that was pretty good. Awesome. And then now to the other end. So what's your most embarrassing drag um, moment or uh, experience or memory right. or whatever? Um, there's been a couple times when I was too high and I'll admit <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I mean, um, back then, like, you know, in the, in the early 2000s, everything <clears throat> was house music. So as opposed to 80 beats per minute, what you would hear on the radio, this was 120, 130 beats per minute. Mm -hmm. And the DJs would do, it was like a, like a surprise performance. So the audience, you know, the crowds, these were big mega clubs with hundreds of people just dancing. And then the lights would come on the stage and you would go out and you perform, but the clubs always gave you four backup dancers, your costumes. Like right. it was a different time when the clubs were charging $25 to get in and y'all paid it because you knew you'd be there dancing till 10 or 11 AM. Cause we're always open late. Right. So, you know, um, I had taken, I think much, <laughs> Too many things, too many vowels at the time. There was E, K, A, B, C, D, E, um, E, E. And I remember Ariana in the front row because it cried. I need to fucking have Ariana on one on this. <laughs> if you had us together, the same, that was the whole car ride yesterday to Asbury. Oh, God. Um, but like, 
I, all I hear in the front row is, she's like, girl, you is hot. And I, I'm like, I watched a video and I keep it as a reminder because like my eyes are practically closed. I'm holding onto the fence and making ecstasy faces. And, um, you know, a lot of people had come to the show that night. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> From different clubs. Yeah. <laughs> like all my bosses. So fantastic impression. I know. Um, you know that. Okay. And I'm going <clears> to <throat> tell this story. And uh, it's, <laughs> so um, there's there's this writer, Poppy Z. Bright, and she um, she writes these vampire novels called Lost Souls and stuff. And it's about these vampires that are born vampires. They're not changed. Okay. You know, um, and one of my friends had uh, um, been her photographer and she was doing an art exhibit based upon this book. So I had done Rocky Horror and all my Rocky Horror friends were in this photo shoot. And, um, you know, I was in drag and all this stuff. And they're like, we're going to go up to New York to her unveiling and everything. And I'm like, great. Um, so we rented a U-Haul truck and we all sat in the back of the U-Haul just like in Party Monster. Uh, and Joey <laughs> Martini has this little vial and he's shaking it. And I go, what is it? And I said, it looks like water. He goes, there's acid in here. <laughs> it was a half a tab of acid. And he's like, me and you are going to split it. And I'm like, great. So we're in the back and, you know, um, of this U-Haul. And, like, we had candles lit so we could all see and everything. And we go to this unveiling. You know, we're all kind of like vampire drag and all this stuff. Um, and the only thing they had was wine and cheese. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, I'm okay. on acid. And to me, I'm like... Eating and eating all this cheese, not thinking <laughs> what's, what's going to happen. Oh, um, so I literally probably ate like a whole plate of cheese cubes because every time I turned around, I just like the sensation of eating cheese while I was tripping balls. It was like a lot to go on. So, you know, it's New York. So, I'm <laughs> you know, it's New York. <laughs> See a show, trip your balls, eat some cheese. We drive home. And my friend uh, Jim that played Eddie in the cast had these apartments <coughs> in, in Cherry Hill. And they had to drop him off first. Then everybody would come to my, my house because, you know, I had like my own house. It was like rare for a kid to have a house. So, um, you know, so everybody came back to my house. But we stopped at Jim's first. And they all went into his apartment, I guess, to smoke more pot. But I had eaten so much cheese, like I thought I was going to – something was going to happen. So they all go upstairs to Jim's apartment and I hear that stomach gurgle like the you know what I mean you don't know what's gonna happen mm -hmm. so I'm like what the hell do I do I was like and I'm still tripping my balls off so I didn't know what the, so I'm walking to his place and it wasn't it was like Charlotte and Sex in the City and the I was only, gonna say I'm like did you yeah, did you destroy their plumbing the the okay. only door that was open to get like you had to go through a laundry room to get to the hallway to his place and there was a Laundry sink in there, and I let. Oh my sink no! So you're like it. fucking Megan, <laughs> uh, Melissa McCarthy, oh and like It was horrible. <laughs> so I didn't know what to I do. I schematic for your plumbing. I, <laughs> I didn't know what to do, but luckily people had those um, dryer sheets there. So I mean, there's no toilet paper, and then I'm you like, dryer <laughs> sheets. So the best was, you know, two days later, uh, yeah, because we all crash after doing this stuff. So um, I got a phone call from my friend Jim, and he's like, that night was so crazy. He goes, besides you guys tripping balls in the van, he goes, somebody shit in my laundry room. And I'm like, that's terrible. <laughs> that's not Did you ever tell him? I know. Well, now. Well, now. Well, <laughs> just referring to the podcast. I'll get a new listener, however I can. However I can he lives it. in Manchester now, so you can go global. Perfect. Um, but that was probably, yeah, that had to be it. I That's mean, there's stuff funny. where you fall down or you do certain things, yeah. but 
That's that's what's that. Well, shit in the sink. That's the best one I've heard so far. So that's that's going to be a new show. Josh is doing the competition <laughs> called Shink Sitters. <laughs> sink Shitters. <laughs> Who shit the sink? A murder mystery. The neighborhood's best shitter. I, I, <laughs> so that's a good transition. So, um, so what are your pet peeves? Uh, uh, and how we're, much time do we have? Uh, probably ten to fifteen minutes. <laughs> Lateness is my biggest one. Uh-huh. Um, millennial. Um, the millennial behavior of last minute music and not answering emails. I will say, I can't name one person that's busier than me that like, I keep 16 hour days. I get up every morning at eight, no matter what, cause I have my dog and my cat and I do, you know, all the promotional stuff for taboo. Mm-hmm. And then I still either do a show or I close taboo at night. Mm-hmm. So I probably get like six hours of sleep, which yeah, I'm going to be 43. I can like. You know what I mean? Like I only – old people don't need that much sleep. So that's why <laughs> like five hours is golden. Um, but when someone's like, life happened, you know what I mean? I want to yeah. gouge their eyes out and right. just like – they right. give me these excuses of why they're so busy. And, I'm and like, nowadays you have your fucking computer in your hand the entire time because you can just well, forward a fucking email All you got to do phone. is hit that – before you're even typing the excuse, you could have sent me the music. Right. Right, I, right, right. I love the oh I sent it to the wrong email so I just did this with Maria Topcat the other day I said future guest Maria Topcat <laughs> I said forward me the email that you sent the music <laughs> in and show me the receipts they, Diane they, they show never me the do I know. but I would say like lateness and just like I give I mean I tell Jeff Silent my bosses all the time I keep this job at taboo um, because it allows me to give opportunities to people and I like to. Believe it or not, I actually like to watch people grow. You know what I mean? Um, and I can pick people out, like, and I can see, like, where it's going. Like, I love me, Honey, and Honey Tree Evil Eye. Like, I feel like she's like... Teacher guest, Honey Tree Evil Eye. <laughs> I feel like she's like my sister. Mm-hmm. We did that tongue-in-cheek cabaret, me, her, and Joey Martini. And mm-hmm. I got to meet her. And she introduced me to all these amazing burlesquers that, like, now I'm friends with. And mm-hmm. I like to see that. So now she's doing... Battle Burlesque Royale, which was packed to the fucking gills, you right. know. Um, Leo, who started out hosting our karaoke, is now doing Monday nights from Drags to Rich. It's a game show that's like it's not even like drag, but it's drag contestants where it's half of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, half Price is Right. He spent a lot of time on it, and um, I like to watch these things come to fruition, mm-hmm. you know. So I keep that job that allows me to give everybody these opportunities and. You know, it's like my third or fourth year there, I think, already. Mm -hmm. Like, three years already. Um, So when people are like, I'm sorry, you know, if you can post videos of you guys rolling blunts at 5 a.m., yeah, man, if you can't answer your phone before 5 p.m., if you have a phone, I'm not reading anybody, but, like, yeah, man, like, I don't Mm -hmm. understand. I mean, I will say, like, in my early 20s when it was a different time when drag was so profitable that we literally shit our money away. Yeah, I mean, I would redecorate my apartment like every two months and just be crazy painting my walls purple. And then, you right. know what I mean? And, you know, right. we were like TLC, like where you spend all your money. And you first <laughs> TLC. Uh, <laughs> but I like, saw that um, unauthorized television. <laughs> but it's like I don't understand that mentality of just eking by. And it's like for you, anybody that's old enough to remember the Grimes on The Simpsons where like, you know, he got mad at Homer just watching Homer eek by in life. Like that, I feel like everyone has such potential that like uh, it aggravates me. I'm mad for them that they can't send an email, that they can't uh, follow up on an opportunity because it makes me 
I had that cutoff. Like it's, you know, three shots and you're out with Ed and the Krabappel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I mean? like, no, totally. It um, makes me want to not work with them. And people think I'm like bitchy or cutthroat. But you have to imagine if I'm producing for Taboo 30 events per month and it's, you know, we get forwarded a lot of these things. But a lot of times I try to create events for right. these opportunities. I'm taking the time to make something for these people. And they're busy going out in the alley, you know, just getting high, or they right. they can't like. Maybe or they just can't show up on time. Like that's the worst. It's a lack of respect. I don't produce nearly yeah, as much as you do, but like even just it's like, you know, when the show starts. Right. I'm not holding the show because <laughs> right. you're coming from another gig. You shouldn't have double booked yourself, or you shouldn't have. <laughs> but what's yeah? So here's devil advocate. What's more annoying to you? Is it someone that's late or someone that? emails you the day of asking for a call time. Because you know how that is. When you're busy as shit mm-hmm. and you see that pop up, what time's call time? I don't you want to just say shut up? It's just like, <laughs> you know how much fucking time you need to be ready. Just be ready when it's time for the show. I don't need to hold for you. There's just to be like a set of like, I mean, that's how Drag Mafia was. We all traveled together right. and we were all together. Um, but lateness and just not being able to fend for yourself or like, it's like you usually tend to hate things and other people that are insecurities or um, things about yourself that you don't want other people to see. Mm-hmm. So always be on time. Always like have your music sent. Always, you don't, cause that holds you up mm-hmm. like in what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And it chips away a little bit every time, especially in big events. Like, I mean, bitch fest, you have like 10 people in the show. So mm-hmm. that's after there's three people in the show. I'm like, right. this is, I'm going to hate this. <laughs> yeah. Man. Or like it's, so-and-so sends their music the day of right, or an hour before, and it's the same song that somebody else is doing. It's like, well, that person sent it two days ago. Right. So they get dibs. So and then they now get you have to send me something else. Right. Yeah. It's just like those are my, my two big things, lateness yeah. and, and inability to function. Yeah. You know, because I want to just sit around and not do nothing too, but I'm busy chasing after these chip mm-hmm. bags. Because <laughs> you have a, a job that's other than being a drag queen. Right. And – but they look, I mean, not a lot of other people have that. Right. Yeah, I mean, but, but like, even during the time, there was 12 years where I didn't work, I toured. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that was like the great drag era of mega clubs. And like, um, but even then, I was on the fucking ball. Like, you don't want to lose this. Right. You don't want to not get hired. And it's sad because there's certain girls in the city that are perfect for certain things and they're your go-to girls mm-hmm. and you're kind of forced to put up with their the shit nonsense, yeah. and their nonsense because you don't want to, you know, alienate them. So, but once you do, then they get mad and you know what I mean? And you right. have, I have to, you know, I'm like the bad mom. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. No, I understand. So that's, um, so while we're winding down here <laughs> and we're going to have more, I'm going to, at the end, we'll, we'll let you plug a bunch of shit coming up. Cause we haven't even talked about the mummers and I do want right, to talk yeah. about that a little bit, but, um, <laughs> as someone, cause you, it's, I think it's interesting because I didn't know this. You brought it up earlier about when you first started, everything was so competition yeah. based uh-huh. and there's been a lot of recent there online Facebook <laughs> drama about whether or not there's competitions are ruining the, the, drag ruining the community and people should be blah, 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 blah. And I think it's very interesting to hear that it's been that way. I mean, it's It's been been that that way way a lot. Um, I will say like the easiest way to have a show is make it a competition. And that's what every person that I've learned from has taught me in running a business Mm -hmm. because you pay your host, your DJ and your prize. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, now I will say it's different now, you know, that you have like four judges and all that. And thank God you don't pay them by the minute because some <laughs> of their responses and critiques are longer than the performances. You know what I mean? And it's like, get your own show and then you'll have an outlet to speak. Yeah. But like um, yeah. these competitions, it, right now, the only bad side of these competitions is one, it tires people out when they're doing multiple competitions. So when you want to hire them and give them money, it's frustrating to hear I can't do your paid show because I'm in this competition. Right. You know I mean, I, I appreciate the fact of, and I would, you know, you probably would never hear this from me, but like Drag Wars is a way for people to hone their craft and really learn the business. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, other competitions, maybe not so much. And I, the only other downside is that you see these people that are looped so much in these competitions, it's kind of like a cult and they never get out of the competition cycle. Do you know what I mean they're just constantly doing that, right. and you don't, and you see the same people right. for each competition all the time? Right. Yeah, you know I man. And it's how often, like, how long do you do this for? For your exposure, I'm making the quote finger. Things. <laughs> um, we need we need video to accompany. <laughs> but it's like how how do you break that cycle? I'm trying. I you know I try to give everyone these opportunities, and a lot of times it's frustrating for me because right. they're like I'm in this competition or I'm doing that and I'm doing this. You know, well, right. And I, I think it's and I, I made a little Facebook thing, but I was like, I'm, I'm, because I'm new to the producing events in comparison to everything. It's very easy for those that are not producing their own events to say, well, we shouldn't have to do competitions. Competitions right. are destroying, and people should be paid. Well, that yeah. money has right. to come from somewhere, right? Yeah, like until that's your money on the fucking line, right? And that fifty dollars has to come out of your pocket. Yeah, if no, if five people show up, then. Right. I like, mean, the most it's important, very easy to critique. Right. I mean, but back in the, like at the cartwheel, like I learned from all these great ladies that were like, if you, you weren't allowed on their stage, unless you had nails and proper lashes on. Yeah. And these, these were bitches with clipboards that if you had a Bob Mackie with 4,000 beads and bead number 3,999 was shaky points off. No. You know what I mean? But it's a good like way to groom yourselves and I just mm-hmm. should mention that summer camp is beginning at Taboo for <laughs> actors, singers, and dancers. Perfect. Um, but like, you know, um, I will say like they have their place and it's good but don't get caught in that cycle. Yeah. Oh, yay. <laughs> so, um, as we are winding down, this is the, the plug your shit portion of but, the show. So, so this will come out in probably like Four weeks. Okay. So we have um, a new, uh, the Golden Girls Live. So go to Golden Girls, G-U-R-L-Z, live uh, on Facebook. And we are in the works now with Asbury um, at the Empress Hotel in Asbury Park um, to do every other month. And uh, two new episodes we just did. And that's you. Tell everybody the cast uh, for those who don't know. Jesse Miles as as Blanche. It's Bella Kane. Uh, whose oil paintings you see on Facebook. Uh, she is Rose. No comment. Um, Connor Mitchell. Future Tom. not guest, <laughs> Bella Kane. <laughs> well, she's my sister, you know. And it's funny that we work together because she did that parody of me as Frankenstein well, monster. Well, she was not very – she was on my team and she did right. not have a very high opinion of you at that time. But that's fine. She and, now uh, does not have a very high opinion of me. So that's okay. We had never even met. Like Pissy no. had done me. Lily St. Queer had done me. Like, you know what I mean? Um – which is funny, you know, that we ended up working together. And uh, Connor is Sophia. And I personally mm-hmm. asked Connor because he just, like, seemed like a bitchy old lady. But mm-hmm. uh, we've had five sold-out shows so far, and it's just getting, like, bigger and bigger, and it's kind of cool. Awesome. Um, you know, and uh, we have, like, bourbon and branch uh, brunch. Like, if this is going out before 
uh, March 26th, Sunday. It's my birthday brunch, so we haven't I'll searched sure the cast list yet, but like, um, we're going to try and make that the roast because uh, I've been so busy this month, I couldn't do my own roast because I'm busy making shows for everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, um, But they can always go to my Brittany Lynn page and uh, see that, uh, see all my gigs. It's the Vaginally Challenged Brittany Lynn, and um, we're doing Nostalgia Fest in April, which is all my 90s. It's Screech from Saved by the Bell, nice. Principal Belding, Tia Carrere. It's all these 90s people. And it's unlimited beer and wine. Are actually, and those people trucks. are going to be there? They're all there, yeah. Like Dustin Diamond? Dustin and, Diamond. And, uh, it's, uh, Dustin Diamond taking time off from his <laughs> from his white supremacy. <laughs> it's a food and it's a beer and wine festival with all the Philly food trucks, too. It's in Ben Salem, and it's two days. So it's oh, like wow. my cast that we do Harris uh, Casino, and we do these impersonation shows for one of the big – the, the 80s, iHeart 80s radio. Mm-hmm. Um, I love working with them, and they hired us to come and do this. Oh, wow. Just as all of our 90s selves. Oh, wow, fun. You know, um, it's pretty gay. Like, I, I live a blessed life, even 21 years into the game, and, uh, you know, who knows how long this will be. It'll just be me, Cher, and Tina Turner. <laughs> and <laughs> as, cockroaches. As the sun blurts <laughs> out from the sky. So, we uh, one, one final thing. So, t- talk to us a little bit uh, about the, the whole Mummers. Um, um, so really quickly, like experience. they wanted to bring drag back into the into the Mummers Parade because up until 1986, women weren't allowed in there. It's the nation's second oldest tradition. And um, in 1986, the last of the old men that created the original charter died and allowed for new laws to be written <laughs> in. Yeah, they waited for like, that last fucking <laughs> jet bag to die. <laughs> so once the girls were allowed in 86, the drag category kind of left. It wasn't needed anymore because – Drag always carried that. There was a celebrity impersonation category, all this stuff. So um, my husband, the mayor, Jim Kenny, uh, Mark Siegel from PGN, um, Jim Julia, the president of the Mummers, they all – they came to me and asked if I could put together the first drag show at the convention center. And we would have two minutes to perform in between each of the fancy brigades. And the fancies, their shows are $380,000 per brigade to like put on. Each guy's like two grand in costumes and all this. And then for two minutes, one of us would come out and be like, I got the stuff that you want for two minutes as they're cleaning up behind us, like shoveling the, you know, all the. Omira would come out and do Beyonce. Perfect. For two minutes, right? And Karen Von say, I'm going to let them have it, honey. Like, you know, so in a one sleeve dress. So they called us, we made ourselves the Miss Fancy Brigade. Um, then, you know, the next year we formed a committee, the Mummers LGBT Liaison Committee. It's me, Michael Byrne, who you all know as Carlotta Tennant from Gay Bingo. Uh, her best friend Chumley, uh, who's a, a former Mummer and also ran Gay Bingo uh, with Carlotta. Um, and, Le- and Lisa, Lisa uh, from the uh, Bob and the Barbara. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we now have uh, one representative from every venue that sponsors somebody you know, we lead the parade. This year we marched with the Landy Comics and we brought drag back. And I hardly ever mention this, but they were so nice. They gave me my own day and a citation on my 40th birthday for doing all this work. And that would probably have to be like my favorite moment of life. Oh, yeah. Being surprised by like city council came to my birthday show at Pro Bar. And they're like, yeah. we have a surprise for you. And it was like, yeah, I mean, it's the only time I would say I actually cried. <laughs> and felt it. Oh, it she's like capable me. of emotions. Yeah. <laughs> I'll find them tears, curses. <laughs> you know. Um, but every year, like, people are always welcome. So, and next year's theme is uh, cartoon characters, and Iris is our current reigning. Nice. Um, so she's wetter than spring about the whole category. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 
Nice. Well, that's a good thing to end on. Yay. Look at us. <laughs> Look at us. No, I will say on the record, I am very grateful to you because oh, you were one of the very first the ones. On the she did. I, 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 I squeezed your kneecap like Judy would. No, you were one of the very first ones to give me an opportunity and a chance. Right. And I know we've been through our ups and downs, but yes, I am very yes. grateful <laughs> for you. And I thank you for coming over and doing my Thanks podcast. For me. I'm stealing wigs. Perfect. <laughs> and what's your website again one more time? Uh, phillydragmafia.com. Find her there. Yay. Bye. <laughs> So that was our interview with the hysterical Miss Brittany Lynn. I am so excited to announce that uh, the podcast normal episodes are going to be moving to Wednesday for a while starting next week or actually in two weeks because on Mondays I will be doing a RuPaul's Drag Race recap show with my girlfriends Miss Satine Harlow and Miss Brooklyn Ford so you'll have to stay tuned for that I'm sure it's going to be a lot of uh, bitchy um, repartee and me trying to keep the train from not going off the rails so that'll be fun and speaking of train wrecks uh, this week I'm not sure what date it'll come out but there's a special surprise mini episode of Bevelations coming out with a very special guest uh, the one and only you all love her the incomparable Judy my mother uh, I made her record an intoxicated mini episode of the podcast and I think you're going to enjoy it so stay tuned for that thank you all so much please subscribe please share with your friends again I'm looking for uh, some some sponsorships so if you have any leads there hit me up and I will catch you next episode bye